0: Today is June 3rd, 2022. Today on Locked on Dolphins, it is power to the pod. It's your questions, your topics, your hot takes, everything pertaining to your Miami Dolphins. So plan accordingly. Let's get after it. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked on Dolphins. Welcome to another Friday episode of the show. Today is Friday, June 3rd, 2022. Power to the pod today, which means it's anything and everything that you want to talk about on the show, we are getting after. It's up to you, what we talk about today on the show, plus uh, spicy Tua Tua on the post, uh, post-practice post press availability. I know that's been making the rounds, so we'll touch on that as well. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Blue Nile. Make your moments sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On Dolphins listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement rings. Use code Locked On at checkout. So I guess... We we do have Power of the Pod questions to tackle, but we would be remiss to not acknowledge Spicy Tua. Why is it spicy? Right? I don't know if you guys know the meme. If you don't know the meme, that's probably pretty weird, in which case I apologize. But um, Tua Tonga Valoa has developed a, a bit of a reputation across the league as easy prey, easy target, low-hanging fruit, uh, punching bag. All these things for, like, whatever reason, right? Uh, I, I don't know if it's, I, I'm sure part of it is the reputation he entered the league with and the tank for Tua campaign and how things got, just got way out of control, right? And then he comes to the NFL and he, his play does not match the hype to, through the first two seasons, especially with Justin Herbert being picked directly after him. And every anybody and everybody, it's like, oh, well, we have to talk about the Dolphins? Well, let's talk a little trash on Tua because Lord knows Dolphins fans are going to come to his defense. Um, so, so Tua met with the media yesterday and one of the things that he was asked was in regards to a quote from a story that came out recently. Uh, the quote was, there was a quote in a story that came out when you said that you think you'll be able to push the ball downfield more as opposed to last year because last year there weren't really plays designed to do that can you kind of elaborate on that and maybe the differences in how you see this offense and uh the quote from that story was a whole other can of worms um, maybe we'll have time to get into at some point atu's response to the question was uh if you've seen the third to last play we had i don't know if i could throw the ball downfield still but by my count, that might have been a touchdown to Tyreek. If not, then we score two plays later to, after that to Tyreek. So however you want to write that down to any social media or whatever outlets you guys are with, you do so. So kind of already, uh, make sure you let everybody know, right? Uh, and two was the, one of the follow-ups that came shortly afterwards was uh, mentioning the narrative around arm strength. What do you think about that? Like every time somebody talks about you, it's that you can't throw deep. Tua said, like I said, all the bad news I hear from our communication staff, they tell me, hey, I don't know if you heard this, but they said blank. I'm like, why would you bring that up to me? Uh, But the staff brings it up just so that I'm aware of the questions that you guys are going to ask me. For me, it's just zone all that out. We come out here to practice. Everyone else, Twitter warriors, keyboard warriors, whatever you want to call them, they're not out here practicing with us, working hard. So I don't know if you guys recorded that last one at Tyreek Hill. Uh, somebody responded, well, we, we weren't allowed to shoot it. And Tua laughs and says, well, I don't know about you, but that looked like money. So uh, definitely a, a different tone for Tua Tungabaloa, uh to this point in the offseason. And and yes, it, it's that's been the objective. Just based on how the team chose to build around him this offseason, right? And the head coach and the vibe of the head coach who's here, uh, it's very pro player. And um, as more and more comes out about uh, the Dolphins' most recent tenure under Brian Flores, it seems as though uh, the the workplace environment that everybody was working within uh, was one that did not embrace players having that kind of personality if you will. So, uh certainly the the dynamic and the tone of the Dolphins this offseason versus last is is fascinating and specifically for Tua who's been a player who's been reserved and diplomatic and um now having a little bit more personality at the podium, having some fun with the media and not being afraid to say, hey, like you say whatever you want to say, but you're not here not out here working. And you know that that extended to coach McDaniel. Uh as far as again, the, the narrative about throwing deep, uh the ability to arm arm strength in general, I do think there are and this is m- my opinion not coach McDaniel's, but I do think there are some merits uh, for arm strength and being able to throw the ball to all levels of the field from all platforms. But if you're a quarterback who wins largely from structure, then, then yes, the, the point that Mike McDaniel made yesterday is one that makes a lot of sense. Um, here's, I'll, I'll just read the quote from Mike McDaniel, and then we'll get into power of the pot. Here's the thing about quarterbacks that I always think is funny. You can only design plays that the quarterback has time to throw. Generally, within the time of the play, from a historical perspective, you can't get a receiver downfield past 55 or 60 yards in what we call one-hitch timing. Right, that's Whether that's five or seven-step drop with a hitch at the top, release the ball. You have to have a prerequisite arm strength to be able to throw at 60, in my opinion. And then if you're not able to anticipate, you have to be able to see something before you do it. You probably need to throw 70 because you wait to see it and then the receiver gets down further and hopefully you have protection. The way we've always operated since 2005 when I got in the league is if the quarterback can see the defense and is accurate, then you can see he can throw 60 yards. I think he might have had a 55 yarder today. That's why you hear no cause for concern at all from the players because they know that too. He's plenty fast, and the great thing is that he sees the field. He's not throwing the ball 85 yards, but I don't see the practical application of an 85-yard thrower unless you have the best offensive line in the history of football and a defense that is too poor to add on rushers when you're max protecting. Fair enough. And of course, if Tua to Tonga can continue his growth and improvement from a pre-snap processing perspective to consistently identify those opportunities to throw on time, He going to be fine. right? Maybe we don't want fine down the road, but fine would go a really long way with the quality of this roster, uh, which we already covered earlier this week, uh, to helping the Dolphins get over that hump and into the postseason season. Uh, for the first time after a couple of near misses the last two years. Listen up, gents. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping— at Bluenile.com. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from Bluenile.com. Locked on Dolphins listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement rings and jewelry. Use code LOCKED ON. That's code LOCKED ON. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress free and find your forever piece. Go to Bluenile.com today. Let's dig into some of these Power of the Pod questions. Uh, The first one today, we have a couple of iTunes podcast reviews. These come through Chartable, so if you're leaving them on Spotify, I'm still getting them all that jazz. Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, you name it. And it comes from That's Me, Lou D. The question is, how much of Yak, yards after catch, is Scheme versus the wide receiver himself? And how would you compare the scheme and offenses from last year's 49ers and last year's Dolphins teams in being being run in regards to yards after catch? I'm assuming you, the film junkie, has been watching 49ers tape from last year. Lou, you are absolutely right, my guy. Uh, I have been watching. And here's what I will say. The Dolphins offense last year, the passing offense last year, with, with it being as high volume of RPO as it was. Uh, and this gets into the quote that Tua had on the online story that came out a couple of days ago talking about, well, effectively, you, ha- you had one read concepts. You had one singular post-snap conflict defender. It's a binary read. Uh, where if the defender does X, then we do A, and if he does Y, then we do B. Uh, A lot of the Dolphins RPOs... So if you and the Buffalo Bills did a great job of this in the first two possessions of the first uh, Dolphins-Bills game before Tua got knocked out of the game. If you cap the primary route with a second defender and you understand they do not really have the structure to work through progressions, they are reading a single defender. Either that's going to be a super tight window throw and there's going to be no opportunity for yards after catch, or the throw is not going to be there at all, and then he's a sitting duck, and that's how you end up getting your quarterback knocked out with broken ribs, um, or bruised ribs, whatever it was, by the end of the second possession of the football game because you're teeing off on him and the offensive line is blocking the run. That's where RPO goes bad. Um, so I think that the, the Dolphins, whether it was a root cause from the offensive line or the concepts themselves, you know, whatever the, the Genesis was of the issues, the Dolphins offense had, they really struggled to get teams to respect their ability to space the entire field. Um, now, I do think there's some overlap between the 49ers offense with McDaniel last year and the Dolphins offense, um, in that you're going to see a lot of throws between the numbers in the middle of the field. That's going to be the money spot uh, for both. You're going to see an uh, above average volume of your pass attempts that work to that spacing. What I will say for the 49ers um, is beyond being more prone to to move the pocket than what I thought the Dolphins passing offense was last year, and obviously having a better commitment and focus to the run game to be able to actually run the football. The 49ers offense coming into Miami uh, uh, is going to manufacture more clear releases. I think you'll see more switch releases at the line of scrimmage. I think you'll see more condensed sets, um, which gives receivers obviously more of a two-way go. You know, if you really space the field and spread the field out, defenders are, are going to know certain routes you're, you're just not going to run, right? You're not going to run an out route if you're plus three yards outside the numbers. Like You just don't have the room to run that route. So I think you'll see more condensed sets, uh, and that should provide the Dolphins with the threats that they need to get more honest spacing. I think the, the actual personnel is going to help too. Uh, you mentioned how much of Yak is scheme versus the wide receiver himself. I can tell you right now Jalen Waddle is an exponentially better yards after catch receiver than what he had the chance to showcase this past year. So I think the scheme is is fairly limiting, Lou, and I think that's a part of, as you think about Coach McDaniel and, and the Shanahan-style offense, and the moving pockets with the play action passing, and more condensed sets with more motion at the snap to manufacture running away, well, if it's man, and and you're running across the middle of the field and you take a short motion... And, and you're releasing from stack behind another receiver, that's going to open the door for you to come screaming across the middle of the field uninterrupted and be able to set yourself up to have momentum and more separation to then have more yards after catch. Alan, if there were one change you could make to this franchise to redo from the past 20 years to potentially righted the ship sooner, what would it be and why? So last 20 years, that takes us to 2002. It's obvi- it, It's got to be Drew Brees over Dante Culpepper, right? You had Nick Saban in house. Drew Brees wanted to be here. Nick Saban would tell you he wanted Drew Brees to be here. That's got to be my answer. And before I think too hard about it, we're going to move on. Tyler wants to talk about Limbo and Jr. Kyle, think the addition of Tyreek Hill and Cedric Wilson, I feel like people are forgetting Limbo and Jr.'s potential in this offense. How do you see him use this season at all, um, behind Tyreek Hill and Cedric Wilson, for starters, which is probably why the buzz is quiet on uh, Lin Bowden Jr. I don't think he's going to be a volume player in this offense, but I think he certainly has the toughness and the versatility and the playmaker's mentality necessary to be a viable and, and valuable role player in this offense, but I, I do think the emphasis needs to be on role player. Uh, if you told me he got more than 50 total touches between uh, special teams, rushes, and catches, I'd be very surprised. Just because from the pecking order's perspective, do you expect Lin Bowen Jr. to get more touches than uh, Chase Edmonds? No. Do you expect Lin Bowen Jr. to get more touches than Sony Michel or Raheem Mostu or whoever the RB2 is? No. Do you expect him to get more touches than Tyree Kill? No. Jalen Waddell? No. Mike Isecki? No. Cedric Wilson? No. Like, he's probably the seventh best player in the, seventh option in the offense. And because of that, I think that's that's why it's quiet. It's not necessarily like, hey, Lynn can't play. It's, hey, Lynn's gonna have to really scratch and claw and be able to stay healthy to get those looks. Now. If you are a reduced touch target and you are really impactful with your touches, that's the best kind of, tar- of target, right? Because nobody's going to be game planning to take Limbo Bowen Jr. out of the game when Tyreek Hill's on the field. But if Lin Bowen Jr. showcases the ability to win his one-on-ones and make him pay, then the Dolphins' offense is, is going to have another layer to it and, and with a level of versatility that can let you be creative. I think that's the value of Lynn. is you can do some really creative stuff with him from a looks perspective to to have some specials on your play sheet that um, can keep opposing defenses honest and studying and looking for uh, answers that they might not otherwise have. Sam. Kyle, love the show as always. Was wondering if you saw Alex Rollins' Tua breakdown video on YouTube. If so, what were your thoughts? I saw he came out with a Trey Lance video and gave him much more of the benefit of the doubt than Tua, which I was curious. I asked him about it in the comments, and his response was not very substantive. Just curious as your thoughts on Tua content. I have not seen Alex Rollins' video, so uh, perhaps you're going to give me something to do this weekend. Uh, so I cannot comment on Alex's thoughts on Tua tonga Sorry, I could not be more... Of assistance to you here and now. I do have one additional question I want to make sure I get to from Darren. But before we get there, I'm going to talk to you about our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information. Find all the latest in sports developments, news, and odds, including basketball championship. NBA Finals, NHL Hockey Conference Finals, Major League Baseball, latest fights from MMA, UFC, and your NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Our last question comes from Darren. It's a two-part question. How long do you think it takes Tyndall to be an every-down linebacker? I would put him somewhere on the Javon Holland to Robert Hunt progression plan. Uh, If you remember, Robert Hunt took him about six games to get into the lineup for good. Took Javon Holland about four games to get into the lineup for good. So I, I look at Channing Tindall, and unless the, the only roadblock here is, unless from a play-processing perspective, he's too inconsistent. But the physical upside is undeniable. Um, and, and maybe linebacker is a little different than both of those other spots, in that you do have more consistent rotation as far as early down, third down, oh, your third and, or your, your short yardage situations, your long yardage situations. So Tyndall might have a longer runway just because the Dolphins want to continue to operate out of their base defense with Roberts with his experience calling plays. Um, so that, that might extend the runway. But if I were looking for a strike zone and objective, I would say somewhere in the first six weeks, ideally. And number two, what kind of impact can Hunter Long have in this offense? Hunter Long, to me, is the primary hand in the dirt tight end on the roster. I understand they brought back Durham Smythe, but again, we we talked about this earlier this week when we did the roster assessment. Durham Smythe's best plays come when he is in the backfield as a slice or split flow uh, blocker who can either take an angle on the in-man line of scrimmage and create a seal or slip past him into the shallow areas of the field and work some play action off of that. I think Hunter Long has much better blocking chops. I said that last season, and I expect he, now that he is into year two, uh, will be your primary and de facto hand-in-dirt tight end with Mike getting some of those reps, but Mike also spending some time detached from the set as effectively a big slot. So I think Hunter Long is going to play a pretty significant workload this year, personally, just based on how important those tight ends are to the Shanahan-style offense. Hope you guys enjoyed. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Dolphins. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins, your team every day. We are back next week. We're going to be back on the YouTube channel as well. So plan accordingly. Thanks for listening. Fins up. Make it a great weekend. And I'll talk with you guys again on Monday.